Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Coming to you live from Corner of the Galaxy Studios on Wednesday, June 13th. That's right, a Wednesday instead of a Thursday. A little bit earlier because the Galaxy do have a U.S. Open Cup game on Friday coming up against the Portland Timbers. That will be our primary focus today, getting you ready for that game. Uh, an interesting sort of timing for the game as we're already entered into the World Cup break. Uh, and of course, uh, we'll see who's available for that game and possibly who's not. Whether or not the Galaxy will go with an A-team, all those fun things we can discuss right here on Corner of the Galaxy. And to help me do all of that is uh, the wonderful Miss Wendy Thomas. Wendy, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Josh? I am hanging in there. Busy week. Uh, busy week. Busy short week, it feels like. Uh, with, with Galaxy games, at least league games over with. Everybody thought we were going to have a break, Wendy. And all of a sudden, they throw in a U.S. Open Cup game on a Friday. Uh, a Friday coming up, and it, it seems like it, it's all happened very quick. This break is going to be over before we even know it. <laughs> it's a company cup, cup, cup performance. Yeah, it is. It's it's a rapid-fire turnaround. Uh, obviously, big news today is, one, we're recording on the eve of the 2018 World Cup, getting ready to kick off, and we've talked to Kevin Baxter, who's in Russia uh, already, and we'll attempt to do that again next Monday as well and just sort of get some feelings about uh, this game that takes place on Friday and also uh, get you ready for that little bit of an extended break. Uh, Wendy, but the other big news that came out today and certainly something I think we need to talk about is North America the United bid uh, winning the World Cup for 2026. So uh, so Mexico, Canada, and the United States will split 80 games, 60 games in the United States, 10 games in each of Canada and Mexico. Uh, that's, I don't know. I, I, yes, it's in eight years, Wendy, and I think I'm going to be a lot older whenever it comes around, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. It is kind of scary when you contemplate how old you will actually be when the World Cup comes to the United States. I mean, it's fi it's fine when you consider the fact that Christian Pulisic will be the ripe age of 27, which actually, for a winger, not bad at all. He'll right. probably be hitting his stride right in those peak years. And then you think to yourself, wait a second, oh, uh, yeah, I'll be in my mid-40s. Yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's that's, uh, that's not something that you really want to contemplate because it's hard to imagine yourself being officially middle-aged. I, I guess the good news is, and there's been plenty of people posting about it on social media, is the good news is that if you uh, do not have children and you would like your children to see the World Cup, really, I mean, as long as they're <laughs> probably six or seven years old, they're going to remember it. So you have a little bit of time uh, to, to either find a mate or, uh, or to produce children uh, in order for them to be around for this World Cup. But uh, a fun turnaround. Uh, I remember the 1994 World Cup. I did not get to go to any of the games. My dad actually went to the final uh, between Italy and Brazil at uh, the Rose Bowl. Uh, wow. I, remem I remember him going, uh, and I remember me not going. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was like, hey, can I go? And he's like, no, no, you cannot. He was invited by somebody to go. So he got to go. But, I mean, this is a... This is a after the disappointment of uh, clearly the U.S. not uh, not making into the to the World Cup for 2018, uh, the fact that they've already qualified for 2026 is is probably a good thing, right? Hey, FIFA wants to give us every helping hand that they can. I mean, I'm sure that uh, it's no surprise that uh, uh, after the FIFA scandal, wherein there were so many indictments, um, that FIFA lost a huge number of their sponsors. And at one point in time, I believe nine out of 12 or nine out of 16 sponsor slots were unfilled. And most of those companies were uh, previously occupied by companies based in the United States. 
you know, I don't think that FIFA wants to get by on money from Gazprom and uh, the oil, you know, the Emirates and stuff like that. They want that sweet American cash. And the only way that they can do it, since we can't seem to manage to qualify for ourselves to get our own butts to the World Cup, is to actually just hold it here. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's, it's. hey, whatever works. I think it should be here every year, just or every uh, four years that way uh, qualifying. Uh, the other thing to sort of note is that it'll be the first World Cup with 48 teams as well. Um, which means an unbelievable amount of games will be taking place at the World Cup, not including like the kickoff friendlies that are going to happen before the World Cup, Wendy. I mean, people are going to come to the United States for those as well. So you're looking at venues that maybe are smaller that won't necessarily get those World Cup games, like perhaps StubHub Center. Um, if oh, you, it, I, I love, I love the issue of like FIFA and its inner workings and how it does all of its machinations. And I, but I remember thinking there's an article that I was just reading about the cost that Russia expended in preparing for this World Cup in terms of the billions that it spent constructing stadiums. And then I researched the number of stadiums the United States has that exceed 50,000 people, which is sort of what is required to hold a World Cup game. And the United States has something like over 100 stadiums yeah. that have 50,000. I mean, our infrastructure from an infrastructure perspective, the 48 teams thing is honestly not even, no. it will not even tax our infrastructure slightly. That, that's the... We, the one of the big downsides to the United States uh, possibly always getting a World Cup was the fact that it was always ready to host a World Cup if somebody <laughs> fell through. So like it was one of those like hey if you know if South Africa didn't make it if you know if Brazil wasn't able to 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 pull it off um, you know it, they were always like eh, it's okay the U S has got this like literally we could give them like a week's notice and you could hold a World Cup in the United States which is which I think is true quite honestly now that you know clearly there's going to be a whole bunch of things that are going to happen around Los Angeles Los Angeles chosen as one of the host cities after initially not being after the uh, city council initially said, nah, we don't want any part of that. They, uh, they of course, came back and, and made sure that they were part of it. Uh, but right now, the Rose Bowl location is the one that is being uh, being hinted at, or, or at least uh, the one that has been proposed to host those games, which, if you like the Rose Bowl, I'm not one of those people. I'm sorry. Um, I'm Actually, I'm not sorry. I'm not going to apologize for the fact that I think that is a horrible place to see a game. The stadium itself is fine. Uh, getting there, getting out, doing anything besides sitting in your seat um, that stadium has seen better days, and I would hope that eventually with the Inglewood Stadium being built for the Rams um, and eventually for the Chargers there as well, I would hope that perhaps there would be a shift in that and maybe we could see a game at, in Inglewood um, uh, otherwise. What is the capacity, though, for the Inglewood Stadium? Because I remember I went to the U.S.-Mexico game that was held for the Gold Cup, I believe. or the, No, it was the CONCACAF Playoff Cup, October 10th, 2016 or something like that. And it was, they got almost 100,000 people into the state. I mean, you were cramped. You were literally sitting arm to arm with the person next to you, but you can pack in a hundred thousand people to the Rose Bowl. And I, what, what is the capacity for Inglewood? We don't, I, I don't have it in front of me. Actually, they say, um, let's see, it's currently at the, they're at the call scene with 93. I would imagine that it's around 80,000. I would, I would guess that you're in the 75 to 80,000, which is more okay. than enough. You, you can, you can host it there. It's not going to be a 50,000 state, you know, football stadium that they're building in Los Angeles. Uh, so there it's, it's a large one. And in fact, that's sort of been my, my idea is that uh, I would imagine that at least one game or maybe both games of the uh, of the LA Galaxy LAFC rivalry could perhaps eventually move to Inglewood uh, whenever you can imagine the crowds that they could get and the payday that it would be for both of those teams. Uh, it makes a lot of sense for me because uh, with with Bank of California Stadium only holding, you know, 17,000 plus um, and even, you know, uh, even uh, StubHub Center being capped under about 27,000, 25,5 right in that region, um, you're looking at a chance to fill 
a stadium with 60 or 70,000 fans, you'd, I, I think you'd want to do that. I think for the spectacle, that might be something. But anyway, I just thought it was really interesting. Uh, I thought it was good news. I know there was a lot of doom and gloom that people were talking about, that perhaps the United States would lose this bid to Morocco. Eventually, uh, it looked like the vote wasn't really that close uh, whenever it all came down. And so I, I, I woke up. I did not stay up for the announcement, but I woke up to, uh, to the good news that, uh, you know, in eight years' time, uh, I think they, somebody said it was like 2,096 <laughs> days or some, some I, I was seeing all the things, uh, that, the, that the, uh, the World Cup will be here in the United States and Canada and in Mexico. I think that's kind of fun. Um, and it should be. And people are complaining. They're saying uh, the football stadium is turf. Um, newsflash for everybody. Whenever they play the World Cup games in the United States, some of those some of those stadiums have turf in it. And what they do is they take real grass and they put it over the turf, and it works just fine. Um, so that's what they would do uh, for for that for those games as well, and possibly even for the uh, for the Galaxy uh, to come in and and play LAFC. You could bring in grass as well. It's it's expensive, but it's been done many 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 times. Uh, before and we've seen it and they'll do it with uh, I think a little bit more success than they do it just for those those one-off international champions cups games Wendy whenever they bring in the sod and it's been down for like all the day um, and that type of thing so they can certainly grow grass uh, in in Southern California it won't be that hard we're, we're awesome actually we, at growing grass that's what I heard I heard Colorado's better actually just <laughs> just a little bit better anyway Anyway, so uh, the LA Galaxy coming off a 3-0 win over Real Salt Lake. Everybody very happy with the result. A resounding, emphatic victory. Zlatan Ibrahimovic gets two goals. We talked about it on Monday. Um, You know, just real quickly, Wendy, you saw what the LA Galaxy were capable of doing against the Real Salt Lake team that I'm going to tell you isn't that good, or at least isn't that good on the road, even though they were third in the Western Conference whenever that game kicked off. Um, But still, it was... Uh, outside of a yawn-worthy first half, the second half showed some some actual creativity, some scoring goals, and and things actually opened up and happened for the Galaxy. Yeah, and I was I was pleasantly surprised because first of all, it was the first really decisive victory I would say the Galaxy has had all year. I mean, the most spectacular game I've seen all year is still obviously the LAFC game, which was just bonkers. But that was pretty pathetic from both sides in a number of respects. Whereas in this game, the first half, honestly, I thought RSL was the better team. And it was, you're right, pretty uh, nothing to write home about, I would say, the first half of that game. The second half, it didn't start off all that dynamically. But then when Bradford Jameson was substituted in, he really brought a spark to the game. It just like, it's almost like it just like livened up or that there was just a little bit more energy. There was something about the way that he was playing that was just sort of sparking the other players because, you know, it was just, uh, I don't know. I I was really impressed with him because I've been so concerned about Bradford Jamison due to the concussion injury issue that, uh, you know, I, I get really, really, really nervous when he plays. I get really concerned. And so seeing him play and being very um, creative and, you know, I thought he was a really dynamic thrust to the whole game. So I was very surprised, very pleased. I hope that he's brought back. I was heartbroken to see Legette brought off the field. When I was looking, I was looking at his face as he was limping off the field and he, I almost thought he was going to cry. He looked 
crestfallen. He just looked shattered. I don't know. So I hope that it's not serious. Yeah, we don't have any updates. I actually reached out to the LA Galaxy uh, today and they ignored me again. So that's normal um, whenever I ask for injury <laughs> updates. Um, you know, un unfortunately, most reporters are being torn in about 17 different directions right now. So trying to get out to LA Galaxy training this week, uh, nobody nobody really made it out. And so because of that, we don't have any updates on Sebastian Legette or Ramona Alessandrini, who didn't start this game with a quad injury. Um, so, I mean, those are the two sort of major injuries. Now, here's the thing going into the uh, U.S. Open Cup on Friday. I don't know that that matters. Um, I don't know that Leggett is going to play at all if there's any doubt whatsoever about his ankle. So, I mean, trying to trying to think about what's going to happen for Friday, you don't worry about Roman Alessandrini, who does not need to play in this game, and you don't worry about Sebastian Leggett, who, who does not need to play in this game. The Galaxy have players who can play in those positions, and uh, they have enough people off the bench that, that they're going to, I think they'll be fine. But, I mean, in that game, you saw Bradford Jamison come in and really uh, uh, do some good things. And, and he talked about, you know, Siggy Schmidt asking him, him to play the link-up style. He wanted to make sure he linked the top um, it, with the uh, with the strikers, with Ola Kamara and Zlatan Ibrahimovic, which, of course, were stationed up top as a two and not a 1-1. One, one. And Ola Kamara was not a left winger. And what do you know? It actually worked. Um, what do you know? Ola Kamara not playing as a winger worked well. There you go. It's, oh, a, it's a good thing. I hope thing. Ziggy just takes a little note of that. Fact. Yeah, I think he will. Well, uh, and of course, I don't think it'll matter coming up on Friday. We'll discuss a little bit about that as well. Um, but no, you, you saw a, a good team. You saw a good team in the second half that linked play around Bradford Jamison. He was the real sort of star of that second half. He certainly made a bunch of things happen. Um, and he was better in that position than Sebastian Legette was in the first half. Uh, Legette has struggled in that position, I think, for most of this what year. What is wrong with Legette, Josh? Uh, what is wrong? I think him coming off that injury and having to take that much time, it's going to take him a long time to get back. And um, I know there's this general consensus that he is a central midfielder and that he is that link-up play, but his tendencies tend to make him more of a winger whenever you see what he likes to do. He was playing in that middle position in the first half, and he was drifting out left, and he was drifting out right. Um, and so he didn't stay in that center position a whole bunch, and whenever he didn't stay there, there was a giant hole there, which made Perry Kitchen push up into that hole. And whenever that happens, things sort of fall apart pretty quickly because you need Perry Kitchen to stay back with Servando Carrasco. The double pivot there is kind of a little sketchy sometimes, and Perry's better as a as a guy who's going to be able to sit in front of the defense and, and, and take guys out who are trying to penetrate the middle of that field. And eventually it worked out for the Galaxy in the end. But really, I mean, without Sebastian Legette getting injured, I'm not sure Bradford Jamison comes on that early. And no. without Bradford Jamison coming on that early, I'm not sure the Galaxy get, you know, the goals that they get. Granted, it was a mistake by Nick Ramondo, which I've rarely ever seen yeah, that man make a, make a mistake. So it was a little jaw-dropping. Um, yeah. But Zlatan got the first goal, and Zlatan got the second goal, and then Ola Kamara with the set, with the third goal and, and put everything away. I mean, it was a comprehensive victory for the LA Galaxy. It was probably the best 45 minutes of soccer that we've seen them play this year uh, against a team that can be dangerous. They're just horrible on the road. So you have to a little grain of salt to, to sort of try and put Real Salt Lake where they belong, Wendy, in terms of, you know, how good are they? I'm not sure. I think they're probably middle of the conference, which, by the way, a bunch of teams in the Western Conference all seem to be in the middle. That's I don't know that there's a whole bunch <laughs> separating people, but, I mean, that's really what you had in that game was that, uh, you know, the Galaxy played really well for 45 minutes, and they played, you know, their normal sort of meandering soccer for, for the first 45 minutes. But, 
Uh, you know, another observation I have to sort of have to make, uh, Mr. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Mr. Angry all the time, was not angry in this game. In fact, I didn't see him really get upset at all, even in the first half, when things weren't really going his way. There was some communication, but there was no angry pointing, yelling, screaming, jumping up and down, you know, flapping his arm, throwing a little tantrum like he has been doing. And I think there was a positive effect for the Galaxy because of that. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, I did see him jawing at RSL players, but you're right. I mean, he... He seemed, and also it was nice when, when Kamara scored, which I was so happy for because I love myself some Olo Kamara. He is just, he is just a little jewel. When he scored, you know, Zlatan ran over and did, you know, they all did the big group hug. And I love to see the big group hug because, you know, it's camaraderie and stuff like that. And so I liked that Zlatan went over and he, and when he was coming out and um, I think, was it? When he was coming out, Emma was coming yes, in. Yes, yes, the, the tallest yes, for the shortest. That, yeah, I know, the tall and the short. And Zlatan rubbed Emma's head. Yes. And I thought, oh, it's so cute. Yep. No, it's always nice. Those two seem to sub out for each other a lot, which is humorous, um, because then you always get the handshake or the or the head pat uh, whenever he comes on. <laughs> he's literally like two feet shorter than he's Zlatan. Like, he's like half his size. He really is like half his size. Yeah, Zlatan Ibrahimovic is gigantic in person. I don't know if anybody anybody who's met him, um, he's he's taller than he looks. I mean. He's, he's huge. I, I consider myself six feet, even though I'm 5'11 and three quarters and still salty about that quarter inch. Um, I have to wear taller shoes just to make myself feel better about it. Uh, Zlatan towers over his arms. His elbows like hit me in the head. That's basically yeah. where it is. So he's like, a, he's a really, really. I remember I used to think that Alan Gordon was a big guy. Alan Gordon was a big guy. Zlatan's bigger. Zlatan is bigger. He's a, he's a, so anyway, the LA Galaxy get the uh, 3 nothing win. I, again, some good performances. The other guy who, who I think really sort of uh, had a great game, Chris Pontius had a great game, and he's been putting together some some good games. A guy who gets not a lot of love sometimes, uh, Wendy. He's been playing much better for the LA Galaxy in the roles they've been asking him to play. And because of that, I mean, you know, I, I thought he was going to be a good addition to the Galaxy, just the veteran leadership. Siggy Schmidt talked about how uh, he basically told Chris Pontius that he was responsible for the entire right side. That was his job. <laughs> all the way all the way from touchline to touchline, the right side, because the Galaxy were playing in sort of a wing-back position. Uh, they were playing a 3-5-2. That's what Siggy Schmidt talked about. Granted, you, people are going to argue that they said, no, they attacked in a 4-3-3. Yeah, and sometimes they defended in a 4-4-2. Um, it doesn't really matter what they switch in and out of. They were in a 3-5-2. And it seemed to work well. And Chris Pontius, uh, somebody, Siggy, Siggy Schmidt joked uh, after the game and said, yeah, I told Chris what his job was. And one of the younger guys said, hey, Chris, you better get your oxygen tank ready. Um, <laughs> and, and it's true because he had to do a ton, a ton of work on the right-hand side, defensively, offensively, and he was involved in a whole bunch. So Chris Pontius also gets, you know, a tip of the hat. Uh, Ima Boateng uh, again coming on and, uh, you know, he had a substitute appearance. That's that's good. I I like the momentum to keep him going because I think he's another key for the uh, for the galaxy right now. But I mean, the galaxy really, Wendy, uh, looked good in that win. They looked uh, they looked like maybe they learned something, and I'm hoping they did learn something. Although I'm not sure it's a lesson they can necessarily take into this U.S. Open Cup play. Uh, no, yep. I think that the lineups will be markedly different. Yep, it, it, I, it will be a little bit. I don't think they're going to be that crazy, actually. So uh, let's go over a couple things, and then we'll just transition right into talking about this game. We'll get your phone calls as well if you're interested in calling in. Uh, the telephone number is 949-734-4217. Uh, you can go ahead and do that, and uh, we, will, uh, we will for sure take your calls. Our, our questions of the day, Wendy. Here mm. is our question of the day. 
Uh, there's two of them. Uh, number one is, how seriously should the LA Galaxy take the U.S. Open Cup? That is the question of the day. Please discuss with your coworkers around you. I'm sure you're listening in a group. You've got everybody to uh, be a Galaxy fan around you. Uh, and then the other question that we have is, should the Galaxy be focused on a 2018 playoff run, Wendy? Or is 2019 a more important year for them after this giant rebuild that they've done over the last two years? So those are those are our two questions that we have up there. So if you're interested in answering either or both of those questions, you can give us a call, 949-734-4217. Wendy, remind me before we end, if nobody calls and we don't get to talk about it, uh, that you and I answer those questions before we get, okay. get done with. Okay, I, I, I want you to. I already, already got it. I want you to marinate on them uh, a okay. little bit. Again, nine four nine. It will pickle in my brain. There you go. Nine four nine seven three four four two one seven. Uh, the chat room is telling me that I'm not paying attention to them today. So hello, chat room. Welcome. Thank you for coming in. I appreciate you. I pr- appreciate you all, every single one of you. Um, so here we go. Let's get a little bit ready for the U.S. Open Cup. But before we do that, I wanted to remind everybody that if you wanted to meet one of the rising stars of the L.A. Galaxy, Wendy, a kid who is just 15 years old, who is a U.S. or excuse me, I was going to say U.S., a Mexican youth national team player right now. And I think everybody's still hoping, at least in U.S. soccer circles, that he can switch back. Um, Efren Alvarez will be at the, uh, the Wells Fargo on East Pacific Coast Highway in Long Beach. It's 4411 East Pacific Coast Highway, Long Beach, from 10 to 11.30 a.m. So you can head over to Wells Fargo and meet Efren Alvarez. I Quite honestly, I mean, you... Here, Wendy, we're going to try to fix your mic. It's, uh, it, I, I think, one of my inputs. It's not on your side. It's on my side, but it's, it's doing. But, but uh, what Wendy was saying was, yeah, I mean, what is, what is, is he going to be handing out? Is he going to be getting uh, ATM cards for you? Is he going to be trying to fix that? Why don't, you, why don't you see if we can get you back here, Wendy? There we go. Maybe it's it's a board issue. All right, we'll see. It's it's always fun whenever you're doing a live show and the board just decides to stop working. I can hear you just barely, so we're trying to uh, to work it out. So we'll see if we can do that uh, as we go forward here. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. So Efren Alvarez. That is. I mean, you get to see this kid Wendy on the at the very beginning of his career. I mean, this is when you could get a picture with him, and then whenever he's like 28 years old and playing in Europe somewhere, you could be like, "Hey, look, I got I got this picture of him, and now he's winning the Champions League with you know Barcelona or Real Madrid because he's so good." Um, I you like could my. Say this kid was my 15 year old bank teller. Yeah. He, yeah. Exactly. You could be like, "I met him at a bank. He got he got me 20 dollars in ones." Um, so yeah, so definitely a, a, a fun thing that you could do there, uh, and see Efren Alvarez. All right. Uh, yeah. Getting to this U S open cup game, the LA galaxy traveled to Portland, Wendy on the Wednesday that we were recording. They are up there in Portland. They will train Thursday in Portland. Um, and then they will get ready for the 8 PM kickoff on Friday. Uh, the, where you can find that game, very simple, lagalaxy.com. They'll have it streaming. Um, us open cup usually has it, has those games streaming as well. So if you're missing that, it will be the Portland feed. So you can guarantee that already, uh, that you're going to get it from Portland. So you get to deal with the Portland announcers on it as well, but lagalaxy.com or my guess is portlandtimbers.com will also have that stream for you, which is good. That means everybody can watch it and there's no restrictions on anything. So everybody should be able to do that. The Galaxy will return to StubHub Center on Saturday um, and, and come back from that trip. And then they will get to actually start their World Cup break where they have uh, they don't have another game until June 30th where they face off against the San Jose Earthquakes. So uh, not too bad. Uh, again, the 8 p.m. kickoff time, Wendy, would mean that this time they're not playing at 2 p.m. And it won't be 80 degrees outside and 103 degrees on the plastic pitch there. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I am shocked when I hear that in Portland, games on the games in the field, like in the stadium, get hotter than the StubHub Center by a lot. Like oh. it gets to over a hundred degrees. Yeah, it, it gets really bad, um, and it just has to do with the reflective nature of of plastic turf. Uh, I, whenever I lived in Arizona. Uh, which was a long seven years. Um, whenever I lived in Arizona and I would play outdoor um, on turf fields, uh, you couldn't do it at certain times of the day because your cleats would literally melt. Uh, it would get that hot. So you're talking temperatures 140 degrees, 150 degrees, Wendy. Um, so yeah, it just magnifies the the sun uh, up to that time. But you won't have that problem at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. I will say that when I leave the StubHub Center after a stub and like go to night games at the StubHub Center, Christian and I sit down, we watch the game, and literally like when we're there, we're like, look at this. This is beautiful. I mean, this is the weather here is just insanely nice. It's so good. I mean, it's the the nights at the StubHub Center, the night games when it sort of cools off and the air just feels like a blanket of cool mist over your face. It's just perfect. Yeah, it uh, it is it is not it's not about again Southern California is not a bad place to live. I think you and I have have, <laughs> have both both talked about that uh, many times, and and even whenever I go on vacation, it's always nice to come back um, and 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 be back in Southern California because it's nice. Even though it was something like eighty six degrees outside today, I mean you know a little warm, but if you go to the beach, it's it's not too bad. It's like seventy five, seventy six degrees. So. Uh, but that, yeah, so the LA Galaxy, now, now listen, the LA Galaxy have gone up to Portland in this round, Wendy, in the, in the round of 16, because that's where they are right now. They did that in 2016, if you can remember, way back then, and if I remember, everybody complained about the lineup that the LA Galaxy put out, and I have that lineup in front of me. I'd just like to take everybody on a little throwback history of, uh, of the 2016 uh, LA Galaxy. Did, I, Wendy, do you have any idea who started in goal? In 2016, for the LA Galaxy, in the in this U.S. Open the, Cup, I remember the game actually, because I, I remember watching. It was Clement Diop. It was Clement Diop, and uh, you had Jack McBean up top. You had Ima Boateng, Sebastian Lejet, Raúl Mendiola, Jeff Lorenowitz, Baggio Husidic, Ashley Cole, Yella Van Dam, Dave Romney, and AJ De La Garza on the right hand side back in 2016. And the guy who got the only goal of this game and ended up winning that U.S. Open Cup game for the LA Galaxy, Wendy, do you remember who that was? I think it was... Husinich? It was not. It was, it was a good quick, good guess, though. Uh, Raul yeah. Mendiola was the one who actually oh, got the... Yeah. yeah, no, I remember the game because I have a specific recollection of Clement Diab. Remember how he used to come, like, way out? He was doing, like, Manuel Neuer style coming off of his line, and he, there was one very impressive save he made where he threw his body right into the ball, and I remember... And I also remember that McInerney played as a striker in that game, and he shot... He would, like, kick the ball into outer space. He kicked it so far off goal sometimes that it was almost like he was kicking it up into the sky. So I have, I do have a specific recollection of that game. Yeah, it is. A, it's an interesting game. It was a very, very, uh, I don't know, a little bit surprising uh, whenever you saw that the LA Galaxy were able to get uh, that goal and, and do that. So uh, again, the LA Galaxy uh, got the one nothing win in 2016, and now they face the Portland Timbers, Wendy, uh, in 2018. Up in uh, Portland, not a uh, not a great draw for the LA Galaxy. I've said this many times before, Wendy. Uh, the bottom line is that the more home games you get, uh, the better chances are that you can win the U.S. Open Cup. And really, it's the home games more than anything that determine your victory chance uh, in the U.S. Open Cup, which is why the Seattle Sounders were so dominant for so long, Wendy, uh, whenever you look at their U.S. Open Cup run. 
Yeah, the Seattle Sounders for a few years, when Ziggy was their coach, were rocking the U.S. Open Cup. That was Ziggy's call to arms was the U.S. Open Cup. I'm maybe a little less wedded to it than he is, but... I mean, under Ziggy, we, we know Ziggy can win U.S. Open Cup. That's his favorite cup. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a little part of me, and people will hate me. I don't really care. There's a little part of me that kind of wished the Galaxy didn't have to deal with this right now. Yeah. Uh, that it's a, I, that's I a, it's like a I distraction. Um, that They need yes. to be focused on what they're doing in league, and, and they seem to have been... They seem to have turned the corner a little bit against Real. So, like, I hate to be that optimistic because I, I think you're. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to destroy your. Op- Go ahead. No, no. Be optimistic. But 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 in 2017, we certainly saw like one or two games there where you're like, oh, this team, it's finally figured out. It's got it. It's going in the right direction. And then of course they lost. You know, multiple games in a row, and you go back and you sit there and go, okay, that wasn't what you thought it was. Uh, under Bruce Arena, I was usually pretty good at testing or at least checking out, Wendy, which games were sort of turning points. You could usually figure it out under Bruce about, oh, okay, they learned something in this game. This was important. But ever since Bruce left, I think it's been it's been very difficult to glean the, the steps forward that this team needs to make and has made. And so I would like to think, in my mind, looking back at the RSL game, looking at the formation they played, looking at the personnel that they had without any designated players, I'd like to think this Galaxy team figured some things out enough to where you know, yeah, then they, they may be headed in the right direction. And maybe playing in the U.S. Open Cup in the middle of this, what was supposed to be almost a three-week break, um, is good because it's going to keep some momentum rolling. Because I do not expect that the LA Galaxy go up there with a very light roster, not with any game. You know, they already have had a break since they played RSL. That was on Saturday. Uh, they basically have six days off until they play on Friday. And then they don't play again until June 30th. Those all seem to indicate that if I'm Siggy Schmidt, I'm taking the A-plus lineup. There's, whoever's available is playing this game because there's no reason not to play them. I mean, I assume that Zlatan will not be there either because he's in Russia or because of it's the ACL turf. and playing on turf and stuff like that. Um, I am of the opinion that if this was the 2014 LA Galaxy, my attitude would be, listen, Take, we, we want to win this thing. Let's take it to them. Let's figure this out. My, what I want to do is try to, try to, sa- I don't want to say salvage. I want to make the best run at making it to the playoffs this year that we possibly, possibly can. And this probably touches on your questions right. that you had anticipated, but I would like the Galaxy to make the playoffs this year. I think that's feasible. I think that's something they can do. But it requires us to have a really strong second half of the season. And the U.S. Open Cup, given the struggles that we've had this season, adding that into the schedule, for me, it's not worth it. If this if this was an, another Galaxy iteration, if this was 2014, 2011, 2012, whatever, if it was a strong iteration of the LA Galaxy, I would say, listen, we can we can roll up there, we can win this thing, we can play another game four days later. Uh, you know, I don't feel, I don't have that much confidence in this LA Galaxy team. I would like us to try and cobble together some lessons and then right. try to enact them into our games. And I'm just concerned about piling games on top of a team that's not young to start with. And that we're, you know, when we have injuries... You know, I and I want us to try and make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, here's the thing, though. I mean, when you look at it, trying to win the U.S. Open Cup, Wendy, and get a trophy puts you in the CONCACAF Champions League. And despite the fact that that's, 
a bit of a reach. Uh, the U.S. Open Cup right now at least is, a, is an easier path to that than probably winning, you know, the Shield or trying to win or trying to get, you know, an MLS Cup. Uh, at least for the Galaxy. So if you're trying to get to the CONCACAF Champions League, but, I mean, how good does getting to the CONCACAF Champions League if you're a team right now like the Galaxy who are still incomplete, but there's also a counter... I love arguing against myself just constantly, just flip-flopping <laughs> back and forth. The argument is that, you know, in 2019, this team will be different. Um, it'll be categorically different. There will be players who are not on this team anymore, and really, I, I feel like the LA Galaxy are actually primed and important and looking forward to that 2019 season as a team that they need to be ready to compete for an MLS Cup. So if you have the CONCACAF Champions League, if somehow you were able to get through the U.S. Open Cup, win it, and get the CONCACAF Champions League berth, you're in it at the time whenever you have a revamped roster that should be hitting a prime two. And it's all about timing and trying to figure that out. So I don't really know how much. One, I don't like the distraction. Two, I don't like the travel. Um, three, I don't like the uh, the extra games. But four, I feel like the Galaxy can win this. And I feel like because they have so many days off that they will uh, they will probably start a pretty good um you know, a, a pretty good lineup and a pretty good roster. Um, so I think that's really, it's a really interesting, it's a nuanced approach. I don't care if they went up, Wendy, and they started all LA Galaxy 2 players. I wouldn't care. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't care if they started an A team. It's it, However they feel like approaching it, I feel like the schedule and the way it's working for them right now gives them the perfect opportunity to do whatever they want with this game. And if they really want to throw a focus on it, they can. But the problem is, and as we look at um, the 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 bracket that's currently up there um and i'll put this up on uh, up on the screen for everybody to see if you're watching our live show or watching on youtube uh you can see our us open cup bracket if not i'll just explain it um but the round of 16 currently in there uh, what you have and in, in the western bracket right now you have los angeles fc who will be facing off against sacramento republic fc usl team who beat the seattle sounders uh <laughs> excuse me and then you'll have the portland timbers who host the LA Galaxy. Now, if the LA Galaxy should get by the Portland Timbers, and if Los Angeles FC should get by uh, Sacramento Republic, then the uh, then the LA Galaxy would travel to Bank of California Stadium to play against um, LAFC. So that is the next meeting between those two teams if the Galaxy get past Portland. Uh, it's already been determined that LAFC will host the next round. So you already know who the home team is going to be. It's whoever's in that upper bracket there. Um, and it looks like it's going to be LAFC um, from from all you know purposes. How we'll do see. they decide that? What do they do? Flip a, flip a coin? Literally, what is that? literally, they flip a coin. There's, there's a couple things they do. Oh. Um, first is that you have to say whether or not you're going to, uh, whether or not you want to host it, right? So, so whenever you have, let's take Portland and LA. So they go, okay, do you guys want to host this? And they go, yeah. And each team says, yeah, we want to host it. And then they go, okay, do you qualify? There has to be a certain number of seats and everything like that. And they're like, okay, Portland, do you qualify? And they're like, yeah, we qualify. LA, yeah, you qualify. Okay, cool. And it's like, okay, now that both of you qualify and both of you have met the, the, the different things that we need, uh, now we'll flip a coin. And that's basically what it, what it comes down to is flipping coins. And, and they do it for the next round as well. So everybody says, are you willing to host the next round? Yes, we are, blah, blah, blah. Then we'll flip a coin again, and you'll sort of see how it goes. So... That's how that's how that happens. So if the LA Galaxy were to advance, they would have to go through an away game in Portland. They'd have to go through an away game at LAFC. And you can put away in quotation marks, but bottom line is it's not StubHub Center, right? 
Um, so it's not exactly friendly confines. So if you get away from LAFC, then you would have the opportunity to host a semifinal game, um, and those haven't been determined yet, and then so semifinal and final. Most, most U.S. Open Cup teams that make it to the final, Wendy, usually win one road game and have the rest of them be home games. Um, usually, maybe sometimes it's two, uh, sometimes it's one, but if the Galaxy go in and they're somehow able to weather Portland, which I think they have a good chance of doing, if they're able to weather Los Angeles FC, uh, which I think they could possibly do, then you're talking about a team that basically has been on the road through their hardest games, uh, and they got an amateur team at home, which they played at the track and field you know, st- stadium. So, I mean, it's a very difficult road, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Galaxy lose one of these next two rounds, just because of the away games taking not even taking into account the fact that, um, you know, who they're playing. So that's... Oh, for sure. I mean, knockout rounds. I mean, it's like the Champions League. It's like any... It's like MLS Cup. It's knockout tournaments are so arbitrary and unpredictable. And so, you know, fixating on the outcome of them can really drive you insane. Now, which of the Portland players are in Russia? Uh, Good question. I actually have that information. I looked it up and everything. Um, (laughs) Let's see. Away on international duty. So uh, right now, at least according to MLS, Andy Polo and uh, David Guzman are away on international duty. Okay, so they actually have their players too. I mean, we're missing four or five players, but they are also, they still have, like they have Audi, they have, you know, I mean, they have their strongest players. Yeah. Yeah, so, it, it, yeah, it, all right. it, yeah, it's it's going to be, listen, and the reason this game, a lot of times this was scheduled for the June 20th window, um, that was when this game was supposed to be played, but uh, uh, Portland has to travel to Atlanta on June 24th, and being there was all this open room in between, the two teams are able to agree on a date, and it works well for the Galaxy too, uh, for the most part, they, it doesn't hurt anything playing on Friday, um, so that makes a lot of sense too, so if they're, it, the way that's why it got changed around, people are wondering why that happened and why they're playing this game so early, and it will be, I think, the earliest U.S. Open Cup match to be played in the round of 16, but overall, it doesn't hurt either team, it makes a lot of sense and so that's probably why uh that's probably why you you see this game being played then and and doing all that stuff so anyway uh plus it's on a friday night and normally i do not drink during the week i don't consume alcohol monday through friday you know because if i have to get up for um work but since it's a friday night that means i can kick back have myself a nice little glass of wine and watch the LA Galaxy play, which is not something I normally get to do during the week. Yeah, it'll it'll be good. Uh, in the chat room, Dubs Brown says, uh, one, get Zlatan a trophy ASAP, uh, and two, CCL will track a world-class coach player. Very true. All things, all things that can happen if you have a CCL. You know what? Bottom line, if you show that you can win a trophy right now for the LA Galaxy, being you're already in Southern California, and Wendy, and you and I have already uh, extolled it's the nice. virtues. Yeah, people like it. People like it. It's not too bad. Uh, but because of that, you can do. You you already have a an in there, and then you win a trophy. You show the team is on its way up. You have Zlatan Ibrahimovic on your team. I mean, things can happen. Things might happen this summer. Very often. So it, I mean, you just. Sort of just when you say things might happen this summer, are you talking about what I think you're talking about? We don't know. That's that's uh, a pie okay. in the sky. If you're optimistic about the Giovanni dos Santos or Jonathan uh-huh. dos Santos and them getting traded, I think that you I think you need to be dosed in reality a little bit. That the right, fact is that okay. that would take an extreme move. It would quite honestly, it would take a have to take a great uh, World Cup by both of them. It'd have to take a great World Cup by Mexico in order to showcase them as well. And then if that happens, I think you could find some people who who are interested in it. But 
again. Oh man, I can't believe I'm about to root for L Tree. It, it's one of those. It's if you're a Galaxy <laughs> fan. Soccer makes strange bedfellows. Well, well, and there's certainly and it's something that we, you know uh, Kevin and I talked on Monday is trying to get rid of all the DPS as well. I mean, Roman Alessandrini hasn't looked good. He hasn't looked happy. Um, you know, is there a possibility that you that you could I move everybody? I love Roman Alessandrini, and he's so. He's so passionate. He cares. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but Giovanni DeSantis doesn't care. And when I watch him play soccer, he literally has no expression on his face. It's like he's, he could be sleeping. Yeah. Like, Roman literally, when Roman, I don't know if you guys listen when the, the game is on, but he curses in French. Oh, yes. Throughout the game. So he will curse, mad, mad. And he's just screaming it out loud. And I don't know. You know, there's a part of me that finds that so, that is kind of charmed by it because he cares so much about he how he's playing, about how the team is doing, whether we're scoring, whether we're winning, whether we're losing. He's so invested in it. And I, I care, I, I find myself caring more about players who have an investment in the team and feeling very um, lukewarm or, you know, having a certain amount of resentment towards players who really don't care. Yeah, and listen, I, I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of Galaxy fans who will be Mexico fans in this World Cup, and I, I think that's fine. Um, quite honestly, I think anything that CONCACAF does right now is sort of a great uh, indicator of how good MLS soccer is doing. So, I mean, you look at those things, and it, it's all... I, I know if people are U.S. soccer fans, that's tough to, to switch over and, and root for a rival. Um, that makes Let's sense. Let's go El Tree. Yeah, that's right. If, if that's, but that's sort of how it goes. Um, that's how, that's how it always goes, uh, with the LA galaxy in terms of, uh, of, you know, what happens on and off the field for the galaxy and whether or not things, uh, things will get better for them. Um, whether or not they can move designated player spots, whether or not they can do all these different things. So it'll be certainly something that we'll have to see. Sometimes I just think I'm deluding myself and I, I hate myself for doing that. I do this thing where I'm like, Oh, well, but maybe we could do this and then maybe we could. And then, and then by the end of my, you know, these racing thoughts by the end of it, it's like we've signed Messi and Ronaldo and then, or like, you know, we've signed Jeff Cameron from Stoke or something like that. And I do this to myself. I bring this on myself. I make myself crazy. Why do I do it? Yeah. It looks like, by the way, Wendy, uh, in, in terms of having a great, uh, great time here for, uh, for the podcast today, uh, it looks like we had a power surge here at the studio, uh, and it knocked out the cameras. Um, I don't know if people are still uh, able to hear us, uh, but certainly the cameras are frozen. So we'll see if maybe that's... Oh my gosh, I cannot <laughs> imagine people being deprived of your beautiful visage. Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, uh, <laughs> it's, it's You know, it's Wednesday. It's not a normal recording night, Wendy. Everything's going sideways. You know, this is this is what happens whenever whenever you try to do something in terms of uh, in in terms of trying to get things going uh, for for uh, the podcast and everything else. So maybe we'll try uh, to do something here real quick. All right, now that I think we have everything fixed, we got everything. We've been, by the way, if you want to hear all the fun stuff that went on behind the scenes, you should really go over to the live show uh, and the recording on YouTube. Um, so apparently Diop didn't make the Senegal squad, which is not a shocker to anybody who's watched him play. Um, but that's too bad. That's too bad for, for Clement Diop. But we're back. Power surge in the, in the studio has, has somehow subsided. Cameras are back working. Although I did lose a camera, by the way, I, I usually have three and right now only two of them are showing Wendy. 
So um, we're, again, just just trying to struggle by today on a Wednesday. Uh, so anyway, so now we get back to, uh, to the Open Cup. Here is what I think you're going to see for the LA Galaxy whenever they come up against Portland. This is the lineup I'm imagining. And by the way, nobody was out to training, as I said before. Um, so we'll see if, if this can actually uh, come to fruition. But... You're not going to have Zlatan Ibrahimovic. He is scheduled to make an appearance in Russia, uh, and this was all planned before he even came to the LA Galaxy. This was planned with sponsors beforehand, so it's no surprise to anybody at all, Wendy, that uh, he will be in Russia, at least making a sponsor's appearance. Uh, I think he's supposed to appear on Thursday, which means that he would not be available for the Friday game against uh, Portland. And nor, Wendy, do we think he would play because of the turf issue and Siggy Schmidt already mentioning that he wanted to limit his minutes there anyway. So... Without him up top, it's fairly simple that you move Ola Kamara into that position, and Ola Kamara should be well rested. Um, it's certainly going to happen. It's certainly uh, you know the the he he certainly rested enough. Uh, he played a good good game against uh, against Real Salt Lake, so I would expect to see Ola Kamara up top. Uh, Emmanuel Boateng should get the start on the left hand side with. Sebastian Legette and Roman Alessandrini injured, or at least we're assuming they're injured, and we're assuming that there's no reason to play them in this game if they're trying to stretch to get back. There's no reason to. Um, what I would do is I'd put Bradford Jamison, I'd let him start in the center for Sebastian Legette. I would move Chris Pontius out on the right-hand side. He would reprise that role, and then it is the same back six that you had in the game against Real Salt Lake. I would put Kitchen and Carrasco and Cole and Shelvick and Siani and Romney with David Bingham in there, and that seems like like that is a perfectly reasonable lineup. And by the way, Wendy, a lineup that can get a win. All right. So it can get a win in Portland. They can win with that lineup. I don't care who Portland plays. And I'm just going to say this. I'm going to go out on a limb. I think the Galaxy have Portland's number. They beat them the first game out of the year. Granted, when Portland was a shell of itself. But then they just ruined their six-game winning streak by getting a draw. There's no draws in this game. You're going to have to find more than one goal. Or you're going to have to keep them off the, uh, off the scoreboard. I think the Galaxy are capable of, one, shutting Portland out. And, two, getting the goal to do it. So if they do win, I think the Galaxy get a one nothing win over Portland. That's at least how I see this game and see the lineup. Where Anything you, you disagree with? I, I, I like your optimism. I am heartened by it. I find you to be a true and honest fan of this game and this team, sir. I actually am going to predict a Portland win. Hate to say that, but I do think that Portland is a good team. They haven't been... They haven't lost uh, players due to the, to the World Cup. I think Portland is a dynamite atmosphere. I think that the home fans really boost that team. And I think that they have the talent to beat the LA Galaxy. Unfortunately, I think that the Galaxy lose this game. Yeah, I, I think it's a very reasonable possibility. I said it before, whenever you look at the, how they have to play on the road, uh, it really does play into Portland. And the fact that you were able to go up and, and, and get some points from Portland uh, when people don't, aren't normally doing that, although Sporting Kansas City went in afterwards and also got a draw, uh, I don't think the Galaxy are as good as Sporting Kansas City. Um, but I also don't think that Portland is maybe as good as they have been playing as well, because certainly winning six games in a row and then stumbling against a Galaxy team who they should have beaten uh, in that game, um, I, I think that it gives us, it gives hope. Maybe the Galaxy just play them better. Maybe they match up against... Every once in a while you find teams, Wendy, that just match up well against each other and it doesn't matter what the form is of the team, that they just play well. And the Galaxy have shown that they won the season series with Portland this year, the only season series they've won so far. Um, and so <laughs> it's something to keep an eye on. I think the Galaxy could do well in this game. I also think that they have had plenty of rest. Um, I think that they have done you know basically everything that they've, they've needed but to do. But how much rest has Portland had? They have about the same. 
So, yeah, okay. So, yeah, so I mean, I, I, but I just don't think that, you know, playing, you know, a whole bunch of games. Whenever they went up to Portland, it was back-to-back, and it was crazy. And really, you know, you looked at it and said, the Galaxy lose that game because of this, this, and this. Um, but you don't have those excuses, or at least you don't have those built-in things anymore. And you're not going to suffer by not having Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I mean, I certainly think he scores goals when he's on the field. I think he's great. I think if you could put him in the lineup, you'd put him there. But without him being there, you have Ola Kamara. Guy scored uh, six goals to Zlatan seven, I believe. And so you have a guy who can score goals, and you put this team in a comfortable position of having a lone striker up top, of having five midfielders, and everything seems to have been built for this team to do that. And I think what Bradford Jamison in the center, you can have some of that spark that you had against Real Salt Lake. So I really do think that the Galaxy can match up against Portland. I think they can push it. Uh, even against the Christmas tree, the 4-3-2-1 that they like to play in, uh, I, I think the Galaxy could do it. They could, and I will be watching that game, and I will be sipping my glass of wine, and I believe Christian will be here, so I will keep my fingers crossed because I always root for a Galaxy win. I just happen to be a very pragmatic kind of gal, you know, I really try and just sort of look at, you know, the evidence, the empirical evidence, not be swayed by emotion, you know, so that's well, what I go with. Well, the chat room says that uh, you, that you it's just clear that you hate the galaxy. I'm paraphrasing, of course, oh, because, my goodness. because, of course, you, oh my, if only they knew, if only they knew <laughs> what it was like for me. I go to every single galaxy game and when the galaxy lose, you could ask Christian, he's sitting next to me. I am tortured. Yeah. I am tortured during the entire game when the Galaxy are losing. I And when the Galaxy win, I'm ecstatic. Like, over the weekend when the Galaxy won, literally we came home, I was like, I don't even know what to do with myself. We won. I don't even know what to say. Like, I was so over the moon happy that we won. I just, I don't know why I do this to myself. It's like this team has some sort of grip on my emotional well-being and it's like being in a relationship it's like a boyfriend and i'm dating the la galaxy well uh, i feel sorry for you sometimes especially <laughs> over the last couple of years you, you, you're not exactly dating a winner uh that's for sure i have the wooden spoon right here in the office to prove it so uh all, all those fun things but here uh some predictions that we have uh in the chat room uh, Michael says if it's 0-0 at half, we can get at least two goals in the second half. He doesn't know why, but we bring it for the second 45 minutes plus, and uh, he thinks he, ha- he thinks that it's there. Um, so, hey, maybe. I, I don't know. Um, it's, it's, I, I, listen, I am done trying to predict uh, MLS games. It is a fruitless endeavor. It's impossible. Endeavor. It's impossible. I mean, yes, I think Atlanta generally wins so, like you know you can pick like colorado probably will lose its games atlanta probably will win its games just based on the, the team form this season but any one game is very hard to predict yeah if you go and look atlanta united just beat columbus crew i believe i believe that game ended the way that i saw it end uh so atlanta united with 33 points in that eastern conference the good news for the galaxy only 13 points behind the absolute leader in the league and as a matter of fact only uh, only nine points behind the leader in the Western Conference. It's only three games. Uh, it's, it's a huge cluster, though, because oh. when I was last checking the standings, because after the game I was checking, we hadn't actually even moved up. Correct. We were like eighth, eighth in the standing out of 12 in the Western Conference because there's so many teams clumped between 20 points and like 23 points. It's, a, it's like five teams. Yeah, yeah. Basically, you have the Galaxy at 20 points. You have Sporting Kansas City at 29 points. Uh, FC Dallas at 29 points, LAFC at 24, Vancouver at 23, Real Salt Lake at 22, Portland at 22, Houston Dynamo at 21, the LA Galaxy at 20. If you get three points, Wendy, from a game, in a league game, then you could jump into third place. I mean, it's that simple. So it's not like... 
again, I want to be very clear about this. The LA Galaxy are in eighth place right now, and they're only two points out of a playoff position. Much like whenever Cardinalfo was getting ready to be let go, was that the Galaxy were very actually only points out of a playoff position, maybe three points, four points. It was not much. Uh, so in terms of this Galaxy team, I agree 100% that this team, this 2018 team, looks better than the 2017 team. The eye test tells you that. You can look at it. But record-wise, results-wise, we haven't seen it. And a lot of that has to do with the schedule. But it also has to do with the fact the Galaxy are, are still not a good team. Uh, they're a middle-of-the-row team right now. And that's exactly where they show right now in the Western Conference is in a spot. Uh, if they were over, which is funny, Wendy. Do you, you know, everybody talks about how the Eastern Conference is, is so difficult, right? If the LA Galaxy were in the Eastern Conference right now, they would be a playoff team with 20 wow. points. But you also have really good teams beating each other up over there in the Eastern Conference. I think it might be that the Eastern Conference is more extremes, maybe. I mean, or I mean, I don't know. The Western Conference has a couple of really bad teams. But I just think that like the, the outstanding teams are in the Eastern Conference. But I think that there's a good number of pretty strong teams in the Western Conference. Like, there's there's a group where you're like, yeah, they're pretty good. I just don't think they have the spectacular teams this season. And so, you know, there's I guess it makes it more competitive because realistically, couldn't almost anyone in the Western Conference make the playoffs except for Minnesota and Colorado? No, I mean, I mean even even Colorado has eight points right now. San Jose has that's, nine that's points. That's San bad. Jose has nine points. Seattle has 11 points. Minnesota has 16 points. Uh, the LA Galaxy at 20, and then Houston at 21. I mean, there's a drop-off there. After after the Galaxy, there is a significant fall. Uh, from the Galaxy to Minnesota United, Seattle, San Jose, and Colorado, there is a, there is a gap there. Um, so you, you're starting to see it develop. I still think this LA Galaxy team is probably a six-seed or a five-seed in the Western Conference. Right now, Real Salt Lake sits above the LA Galaxy. I'm not buying that. Uh, I think the LA Galaxy are better than Real Salt Lake, and they'll have a chance to prove it again. Uh, the Houston Dynamo. People keep trying to tell me how good Houston is. Uh, yeah, Houston can beat some really good teams. They also lose to some really bad teams. Um, so Houston is just above the Galaxy with one point better, um, having played one less game. I mean, the best team in the Western Conference right now, Wendy, even though it says Sporting Kansas City, if you look at games played and the points per game, it's FC Dallas. And the Galaxy looked like they hung pretty tough with FC Dallas in both of those games, despite the fact that I think the FC Dallas was the better team and deserved to win both of those games. So, I mean, this is where you're trying to, again, every show I do, I try to find out where the Galaxy are in terms of the rest of the league. And I don't think they're a bottom of the table league like they were, or team like they were no, last year. No, they're not. I think that they're much better than they were last season, even though the record doesn't show it. Or maybe that maybe it's because I've been mesmerized by Zlatan or, you know, I've been captured by his uh, charm or something like that. But I just feel like there was games last season where I was like, this is terrible. Like, we're terrible. Whereas usually this season I've been like, oh, we're better than this. Like, we, we, we could do better than this. And there has been moments where I've been like, oh, great, we're doing really well. So that's yeah. good. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, yeah, people in the chat room saying the Galaxy, you know, always do bad in the beginning of the season. I'll say that always is not a correct term, but a lot of time, yes, that is. Uh, you can certainly point to 2012. 2011 would be the opposite of that. 2014 would be a good example of starting a little slower. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it certainly is there. You can look at, though, I mean, just looking at the goal differentials, Wendy, the Galaxy are at minus one right now, which is not horrible whenever you think of everything, right? But at minus one in the goal differential, Real Salt Lake is in fifth place and has a minus 10 goal differential. In fact, it's tied for the worst 
in the league, and they're in fifth place in the Western Conference. There's teams that are going to drop out of this. I have to feel that. And FC Dallas, you know, we'll see if they can hang in there. They certainly have a history of choking uh, down the stretch. But right now, at over 2.07 points per game, they are the they have the best points per game average in the league. So maybe the best team in Major League Soccer isn't in the Eastern Conference team. It is. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's not, and it's FC Dallas. And then the losses to FC Dallas sort of come back in, and, and you look at it. But with o- U.S. Open Cup here, obviously not affecting the standings whatsoever. Um, you know, it's a chance for the Galaxy to get a little swagger, I guess. If you're gonna if you're gonna say they win this game, Wendy, and they're gonna go up there, then they're gonna go up there and they're gonna stomp on Portland. Um, and they're going to show some swagger, and that swagger will do good whenever they have to reconvene going up to San Jose on June 30th. So all of those things point in a good direction for that. All of these things point in a direction that say that the Galaxy could be taking that step, could have learned things, could be getting some sort of form. And uh, Scott French, who writes for MLSsoccer.com and a bunch of other uh, um, outlets, uh, Scott has been talking and has been saying over and over again, every time I ask him, he says, don't expect to know how this LA Galaxy team is before the end of July. He goes, the end of July is probably the first time you're really going to understand whether or not they're good or whether or not they're bad. And that takes a ton of patience for somebody to be able to sit there, Wendy, like you, who's been agonizing over the defeats that they've had when they <laughs> haven't played good. It takes a tons of tons of patience to be able to wait till the end of July. Now, does he say that because that's when the transfer windows open? No, or? no, no. no. Okay. It's it's really about how many players they moved around, what type of system they had to do. The fact that and and his big argument is the fact that they built the team for a certain system, and then Zlatan came in and had to change the system. So this team has been trying to figure out this system and what they need to do now ever since Zlatan came in, and it's true. That is absolutely true, and we've seen it with the lineups, we've seen it with the formations, they've been tinkering with all the injuries the Galaxy have had, with the designated players not playing, Uh, Roman Alessandrini, you know, Jonathan Dos Santos, Giovanni Dos Santos, those guys have not been playing at all, Wendy. You look at a guy like Ola Kamara, who's only missed two games this year, and those two games were because of international duty. All right, That is the kind of guy that you need and should be a designated player, and granted, he's making almost a million dollars. So, um... You know, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm hopeful. Here's my one sort of downside to this game. I know a lot of players probably had vacations that they were ready to go on um, because there was a three-week three week break uh, basically coming up, and when do you ever get a break from training in the middle of the season? And so I'm sure that... So I, I'm hopeful that they are focused in and ready for the game against Portland because it did disrupt, I imagine, their vacation schedule. Um, and you know what we all say to that is tough cookies because you're a professional athlete and uh, you get paid to play a game. So uh, so that's how it works. Oh, Josh, you're using one of my favorite idioms, tough cookies. Tough cookies. I, I'm just hungry, <laughs> I think, is what it is at this point. So. I think you borrowed that from me. Yay. Yeah, I mean, and then, you know, the, the big question, too, I mean, whenever you really look down the road, and granted, there's, listen, the, the next couple of shows, there's going to be a lot of what ifs and this, as there's no games to sort of talk about and, and things to happen. And even uh, here at the podcast, we're taking a little bit of a break for the World Cup as it comes down. I'll go over that schedule here in a second. But, um, you know, what ifs, what happens whenever the Dos Santos brothers come back? How do they integrate them back into a team that really probably plays better without them? Even Ramon Alessandrini, I mean, he needs to be on the field more, and they need to figure out a way to utilize him to his maximum as well. There's a Just bunch. Just put of, him on the wing. That's a, how you do it. You do. Put, you put do. Him on the wing. But he's not happy there right now because he's not getting a bunch of the ball. And but I don't know about. It. I think he's happy when we do well. He's, I think that when he does well, he looks happy, and when he's not playing well, he looks really upset. True. In some ways, I see him being frustrated. And granted, he hasn't had a good year. So I see him being frustrated with everything. Um, and, and you're right. Anytime that, listen, 
the correct answer whenever your team wins when, when whenever your team wins Wendy and you didn't have a good game is I don't care if I never score again as long as we're winning that's fine Zlatan says it all the time it's it's a good thing to say whenever your team wins it's also a good thing to say when you score two goals and you can say listen I don't care if I ever score again as long as we're winning you know but it, I oh yeah I did get two goals today um so yeah whenever you say it that that's fine but it's tougher than that it's tougher mentally on these players than that and I think Roman is having a tough time adjusting to this year um, hey, could be a yellow Von Dom situation. Had a great first year, showed a ton, and then just isn't able to click, to focus, to do whatever. Maybe he wants to go. There's rumors about him possibly going back to France. Those rumors are not substantial, I would say. Um, so I, I don't want to put don't know them out about there. That. I really don't know about that. When I see his Instagram, OMG, you would think that he freaking loves Los Angeles. I mean, I don't know. His Instagram is like... It's like an homage to Los Angeles. But, uh, you know, I, he did just have a baby. I don't know. Maybe I, he's distracted. I would like to point to, I believe, the comment of the day in the chat room. Um, and not that we've ever given that away before, but I feel like it's worthy here. Uh, Jim Dougherty in the chat room, he says, Isn't Giovanni John in Italian and Jonathan is John, so both brothers are Johnny Two Saints? Yes. Very nice. A little clap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it, I think mm-hmm. it's true. They're both named John. I see, I see. Yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll maybe see. They'll, maybe they'll stay in Russia. Maybe they'll just, maybe they'll like it, and they'll want to move to Vladivostok. Yeah, may, maybe that's maybe that's what it is. I heard it's lovely there. Uh, I was seeing something. It said uh, Sochi uh, was like 78 degrees today, and uh, and I believe it was Jenny Taff from uh, from Fox was saying that she was, uh, she was like, uh, oh, yeah, look, uh, is this Newport Beach or is it Sochi? Like, it's 78 degrees. It's by the beach. It's wonderful. It's pretty nice. So uh, it could be. Uh, Logan Jones gets banned from the chat room for mentioning Pato um, as an actual player and not referring to my nickname. So uh, banned for life for that one. Um, I'm trying to think. That's really where we sit. The LA Galaxy face off against the Portland Timbers at, uh, at 8 p.m. on Friday. Uh, it should be a game where, uh, where the Galaxy have a chance of winning. It should be an A-plus lineup. If it's different than that, if it's all LA Galaxy 2 players, if they try to mix guys in like they did against the amateur team, they can do that. They're, they're more than willing to do it, and, and that's fine. Um, I don't think you'll see Efren Alvarez up there, which would be my hope, especially not with his signing on Saturday morning. I don't think he makes it back in time. So, um, you know, if you're not going to play them, then go with the A A plus lineup. I mean, really, that's what you should be doing here. And if you're going to win the game, then win the game. Go out there and win it. Win that one, win the next one, win the next one, win the next one, and lift a trophy. It's not that hard. It's really, it's not that many games, Wendy. You got four games to win now. That's it. Four games and you win a U.S. Open Cup. So, um, what, 360 minutes? 360 minutes of playing. Well, actually, it'll be more than that because one of those games will go into extra time. In fact, this Portland game has screams extra time to me. So, but my final question to you, Wendy. If the LA Galaxy go to extra time with Portland Timbers, if they make it through extra time and they go on to a shootout, do the LA Galaxy win the shootout or do they lose the shootout? Oh, my gosh. Right? Uh, I, I don't. I mean, we don't have any free kick specialists. Um, I don't, I, that's random. It's who knows? No, 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 no. There, there's an answer you need. You cannot sit on a face and you don't need okay, to be, listen, fine, fine. then the galaxy win. Cause I want them to win. Of course. Well, that's fine. And you don't need to be a free kick specialist to take penalty kicks. No, a I mean, goalkeeper. Like, penalty kicks is like, how can you predict whether someone's good at penalty? You kicks? can't. Pen- you can't. Penalty that's kicks why, is like, that's why it I could be, it's like anything. It's like, it, you know, I mean, I guess, I, I guess it's more depends on Bingham really than anything else. Right. 
Uh, it no. In as a matter of fact, it doesn't depend on a goalkeeper. It usually just depends on the kick takers, and usually your chances of scoring a penalty kick are something like seventy or seventy five percent. So the the it favors the goal the the, the kick taker every single time. Uh, if Bingham gets lucky and guesses correctly, I mean that's really what you're doing as a goalkeeper. If you get lucky, you get guessed correctly, you can come up with some stops. But other than that, it's not like it's, uh, you know. Yes, some people tend to have a knack for it. Nick Romando is some sort of mind wizard dude who can stop penalty kicks. I don't know how he does it. Uh, he clearly has a system that works for him. Uh, maybe it's just exhaustive research. I have no idea, but uh, he can figure it out. But other than that, um, almost anybody... Listen, I'm fairly certain that I could score a penalty kick on a professional goalkeeper. All right? That's how easy it is to score. Who wants to put Josh to this test? I say we do it. Let's do it. I say, I say David Bingham... You might listen to this podcast. Come on now. Now, you would let Josh take a kick against you, right, David Bingham? I, I know you would. I think I think it should happen. So, uh, yeah, just, just get the galaxy <laughs> to let that happen. It's never going to happen. But, hey, I'm down. If you can somehow pull it off, I'll be there. No problems. But I'm serious. That's The penalty kicks are sort of a toss-up. But remember, somebody wins this game, Wendy. Somebody will walk away victorious. The winner will get to move on to the next round into the quarterfinals and then the semifinals and then the finals for the U.S. Open Cup. And this is the only game the Galaxy have to play until they face off against uh, the San Jose Earthquakes on June 30th and then July 4th against D.C. United. All right, so not a huge schedule, a little break. Everybody gets to enjoy the World Cup. You can be happy knowing the World Cup is coming to North America. You can be happy watching the games and gaining some interest from that. If you have a rooting interest in that, that's fun too. Uh, so enjoy those games. But the Galaxy game on Friday night will be where your focus is. LAGalaxy.com will have the stream for you. 8 p.m. Pacific time kickoff, Friday, June 15th. That is it. Uh, let's see. People in the chat room real quick says, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, they're trying to tell me that I can't do it. Uh, Josh, they're, they're saying Josh should take a shot versus Cosmo as the goalkeeper. I would definitely score on that one. Uh, Josh, Josh versus an elementary student. They're taking the elementary student. Um, and then, uh, they say also hope solo, um, would also uh, oh, be somebody. Solo. You would never get past hope solo, man. I can, psycho. I can score. She'd get inside your head and you would not know what to, you're doing. I can listen. She crazy. I may have been a high level intramural player. All right. Whenever I was, I can score a penalty kick. I used to take them. They're not that hard. You just sit up there and you kick it and you hope it goes in. That's really it. Who are you rooting for in the world cup here? Who's your uh, rooting interest? Uh, let's see. My, my underdog is Peru. Um, I think uh, I think Germany has a real chance to to do it. Uh, I know that's going way out on Shocker. stretch. I know, Shocker. really, really crazy. <laughs> uh, I'm interested to see how Mexico does to see if they get past the round of 16. I don't think they do. If they do, they would. I think if they finish second in group, which I have them finishing second in group, then they would face Brazil in the round of 16, and they're not getting by Brazil. So I just think that that whole dynamic and the whole curse of them not getting past the 16 is interesting to see. Um, so that's what it'll be. Uh. Or, or let's see, we got uh, Belgium in the chat room, uh, Germany, uh, Brazil or France. Uh, let's see, uh, Uruguay as well. So I mean, there's, there's. Listen, there's so many. I, I kind of, there's a part of me, Wendy, that that is excited for the fact that there, I have no rooting interest and I can I just know. go in it's there like, and sort of watch cares? it. I can just watch it and enjoy it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I love the fact that Spain fired their coach uh, just days before. The day be I know, the day before it starts. I, it's amazing. Uh, I think the drama in that is is exciting and fun, so I'll be I'll be watching that. France that, is, was such a, that was such a France move. Yeah, I was going to say, France is like sort of my other sort. I mean, you can't call them an underdog because they have so much talent. Oh, um, my God, they have so much talent. But, but they, 
They did not bring the striker for Real Madrid, Karim Benzema, to the World Cup. That's how good they are. Yeah, and, and and the other fun part about that is with France, you never know if they're gonna like, you know, implode or actually do well. So I mean that's fun it's to watch. Great. It's just the World Cup is fun. All right. The World Cup is fun, and I think the World Cup coming to North North America is fun. And whoever you're rooting for, whatever you're looking at, you know, we'll keep you updated in terms of Giovanni Dos Santos and Jonathan Dos Santos and how they're doing because that has a galaxy interest. Uh, other than that, I'm sure we'll have some uh, some some stuff we'll talk about. And of course, we're talking to Kevin on Monday, who's there in Russia, and we'll have seen a game. Uh, by the time we talk to him on Monday. So that's it. Uh, LA Galaxy getting ready to face off against the Portland Timbers, 8 p.m. Friday, U.S. Open Cup in Providence Park. LAGalaxy.com has your stream information for that, so hopefully everybody will be watching. Uh, Wendy, anything else that you want to talk about, or are we good? We are good. All right, tell people where they can find you. You can find me at Corner of the Galaxy in American Soccer Now and on Twitter at Bards Blonde. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com where you can find all of our wonderful articles at Galaxy Podcast as well. Uh, all of our, our podcasts, everything there on Twitter, on Facebook, Corner of the Galaxy, YouTube, Corner of the Galaxy, anything else. The Tonight has been a nightmare. Uh, in terms of recording, I know if you're listening to this, it's probably cleaned up a little bit, but good lord. Maybe next time we'll just record on a Thursday. That sounds like a great idea. Our schedule going forward, recording on Monday coming up, all right? And then I will be off on Thursday, and I will be off on the following Monday. Um, so that's how it will go for the for the uh, schedule for the podcast. And then I will get back to you the Thursday before the LA Galaxy get ready to host or excuse me, get ready to travel to the San Jose Earthquakes on June 30th. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We enjoy it. Go watch that U.S. Open Cup game. Enjoy the World Cup, and we will catch you next time. For Miss Wendy Thomas, I'm Josh Kessman. Have a great one. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast, and be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everyone.